welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 164. I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined online once again by... Your good friend, Pete. Hey, guys. Uh, what's <laughs> up, everybody? Awkward. I know, I know. I want to do that for, uh, I that do that so for a dramatic effect, brother. So super slick, man. Well this, is the, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast. We're full of drama, intrigue, you know, mystery, murder, everything, all right, except the latter. Or, or just some awkwardness. That's okay. <laughs> well, again, if you guys want to find us, we are on thelotuscouncil.com, and we're on various uh, Discord servers. Winter is upon us, and winter is upon us today. So our f- good friend from Stupid Decks That Works is here with us. Uh, how are you doing today, Winter? I'm doing great. I'm glad it is the weekend. Uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing some uh, some spicy tech deck or deck techs with you all. Cool. So yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome. How, how did we meet you, by the way? Uh, how did you learn to torture us recently uh, with, oh. with, your, with your spice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like you said, uh, we met through the Stupid Decks That Work site. Um, I've been there for less time than Fuji has, because that was the the last individual y'all had on here. Um, but, I don't know, I just, uh, that's sort of how we met, and uh, we've been playing ever since you joined a couple of, couple of months ago, I think. Or I guess more than a couple of months ago, but, oh, yeah, well, so that's, how, that's how we met, yeah. And I dragged Bruce in eventually. I was like, hey, man, you should play with me again on Discord because I miss playing with you. Well, it's true. And and the people over the Super Decks at Work have been good fun to play with. I've played a couple of games with Fuji. I have played a game with Winter before. Only only the one occasion, but one, it was good. And a few other of the individuals over there. And it was a breath of fresh air from the usual meta that I uh, and people that I, I play with. And... While I, I love some of my friends that I play with on a regular basis, it's fun to mix it up and put some new people on, on you know, on uh, on the table and see what we got. And uh, I always I always find it a, a very interesting process to see what everyone else has brought to the table and see people's different creative thought processes to get stuff because you know you get, you get used to the way certain people build decks and you get meet new people and you get new ideas. I'm very appreciative of just the diversity of the cards that we see every time we sit together. If, if, it's, with, if it's with our friend here, Winter, or like Fuji or anybody else, uh, everyone seems to want to try something weird and interesting and something you don't see every day. So one of the big things we wanted to bring you on was because uh, you've seen you've had some very unique style, some very unique decks I haven't never seen before up until this point. So, And I've been playing for a while. Bruce has been playing for a while too. So always good to, to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for yeah. coming out. Yeah, I try my I try my best with uh, making decks that sort of. I, I'm a I'm a decaholic. I'll say that. Um, I have. <laughs> I, like I think that. I have current. Yeah, I think I currently have like thirty plus decks sleeved up right now. Um, uh, and they I, are. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, they're always being shuffled out. Um, I'm currently working on a Dina Soul Steeper um, with a. What is it? The combo is scouting trek and uh, cultivator colossus. So putting Whoa. scouting trek puts uh, <laughs> it shuffles your library, and then you can put any number of basic land cards from your deck on top of your library. And then you play cultivator colossus, and you draw every single land. And so accompanied with uh, Jody offshoot druid class Kazandu nectar pot, every single land also gains you life, which Dion- Dina Soulsteeper. Uh, 
likes to ping people with. So I'm That's currently really cool. brewing that deck. Um, I'm working on I'm, one with I'm like. Sitting here- I'm sitting here speechless because that's so just like crazy I'm, unique. Wow. Smart. That's smart. Yeah. So I've got a lot of ideas. My entire desk is covered in boxes full of like half built decks. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the personality for me is I, I start something and then, and then don't finish it quite often. So uh, oftentimes those decks just get reorganized back. So um, I'm glad Aww. to share all of those cool deck techs. And uh, yeah, I'm just, once again, I feel happy like to be here. you and I have a lot in common that way because like <laughs> I look around my office and my bedroom and anywhere else that I can store cards and there's like half constructed decks standing everywhere and mm-hmm. I'm like oh I should get around to finishing that deck over there or oh that one over there I should do that one next or oh dear I yeah I'm the no odd man good. out I'm the odd man out because I am loser hey well, listen <laughs> I uh I am yeah no no but um. <laughs> My organization, like for my stuff, it's like all color coded and like it's by mana cost oh. and very like super anal about that <laughs> stuff because I want to be able to find things, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, I can find stuff. You, like, like the, 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 the commons probably squished between between the like, $50 cards, my guy. Yeah. Brutal. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, all right. Oh geez. Well, we'll get into that. I'm sure as as we go through the show and and uh, and and Winter highlights some of his uh, some of his treats that he's got on the brew as we go around as we go. Um, yeah. As always, audience, if you uh, want to get a hold of us for whatever reason, you uh, like what you hear tonight, you want to find other more of our other shows uh, on the back on the in the backlog or anything else, uh, you can always reach out to us on social media. All the information to reach out to us is in the show notes. You can find us on all the social medias. They're all there. Um, we're going to move on to some garbage or great. Say that in French, what will you? Um, they did shit ou c'est super. Oh, very good. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a rough, it's a rough approximation. It wouldn't be quite how I phrase yeah. it normally, but it'll work. For mm-hmm. today, it'll work. Mm-hmm. So the nice part about having our guests on is we let them like you know sort of like show us what they think about. So so Winter has been very gracious to grant us some uh, some garbage or great cards for us to mull mm-hmm. over. So what what did, what did you bring tonight, there, Winter? Let's go. All right. So I'll start with uh, a card called Aligned Hedron Network. Um, this card is. For generic mana, it is an artifact, and it says when Aligned Hedron Network enters the battlefield, exile all creatures with power 5 or greater until Aligned Hedron Network leaves the battlefield. So it's a a mass O-ring for every single 5 or more power creature. Um, I run this in a majority of my decks. Uh, You will find that uh, I am a not to be controversial, I am a Simic player. Um, I play Simic colors quite often, and even if the cut deck doesn't have green or blue in it, somehow my deck is still Simic. Um, and so I like, yep, I like to run a lot of uh, engines with very little win-con potential. Um, <laughs> I'm that player. Uh, and so this card often... Uh, helps me stabilize boards. I find that at least in our meta on the server, um, there are a lot of big creatures running around, and uh, my creatures are often smaller, and uh, 
it ends up being a one-sided bore wipe uh, almost oh. like 90% of the time. So, yeah, hmm. I would say great. Bruce, you want to go first? Or we should go well, alphabetical or age before beauty? What do you want to do here? Well, I mean, I, I'm clearly both age and beauty, so I don't know what you're talking about. So um, um, <laughs> I, look at this, I look at this one, and um, this, is a, this is a card that I, you know, I've been playing for since Avacyn Restored. So I remember this card you know, quite distinctly when it came out. And I have always eschewed putting it in my decks. Um, mostly because I also, I, I am the guy who plays the big stompy creatures. Mm, so, yeah. um, I would be the guy to say, no, thank you. I will pass <laughs> because all my big, scary counters with creatures with counters or creatures with like, like Optimus Prime disappears or Megatron or all those guys all go bye-bye and I get very sad. So, um, I'm going to say from my perspective that this is garbage because I will this is how I wreck myself. So I'm going to have to say I pass. Jay, mm. check yourself before you wreck yourself. Anyway, I think the most crazy way you could break this card is you play that new Galta and you play all the big creatures and then you purposefully exile all of them, sacrifice the artifact, and bring everything back. So that's just the way I think about this stupid card. Well, that's that was I had started to go down the path of like, but what if I want to re-trigger all their ETBs? Yeah, and then you have to put a panharmonicon on the battlefield, and you put a, an Elish Norn, and you put oh no, and now you've made a monstrous, a monstrous thing. So you yeah. could go and do some really busted things if you wanted to get into that game. I'm still of the opinion that you, pr- if that's what you're wanting to do, you can do something better than. Living death. Yeah. Living death. Yeah. My pet card. Yeah. <laughs> um, or just or just find ways to blink everything with a displacer kitten or something like that. So yeah. Um, uh, but you could do that if you really wanted to as a redundant way to trigger a lot of ETBs. I mm-hmm. get it. I have it's, it's good fun, and I everyone have, everyone have a big giggle if you bargain this away to some stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> effect on. Uh, from Wilds of Eldraine for giggles, mm-hmm. but I the was generally I'm not going to. So you could you could play this, be that guy. You could or or gal or you know any anything else. Uh, you could play the you could be archive. that toaster. You could be that toaster. You could bring mm-hmm. the heat. You could play it. They remove it, and you flash in like containment priest, so then no one gets their stuff back. That would mm-hmm. also be cool. Oh yes, you're now thinking. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we call Pete our dirtbag. Pete is mm. a dirtbag, doing <laughs> yeah. dirtbaggy things. Like Winter wants to play it because he wants to get he wants to get. He just under wants to it. stabilize. He just wants, he wants to, to survive. Yeah. He, he wants yeah. to get under. It. Want to I, just want to avoid, I want to get. A, I want to avoid it because I'm going to get wrecked. And Pete's mm. like, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. We're going to do bad things with this now. So mm. I'm a terrible I, person. It's fine. Mm. Yeah, that's I, true. He's he's our dirtbag. Yeah, I also find that even if it gets removed. The turn after something, oftentimes it stops me be- from being attacked through one turn cycle. And often that's enough for some of my decks to sort of like stabilize. Um, it, sometimes it's just an Aetherize. Sometimes it's just like, uh, it, it ain't no uh, uh, settled wreckage, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely something that I found has helped me through. Um, are we good to move on to the next one? I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've exhausted all options. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> okay. So the next one I've chosen is Wedding Invitation. This one's a new-ish card. It's from uh, Crimson Vow. 
it is a two mana or two generic for an artifact. Uh, when Wedding Invitation enters the battlefield, draw a card. Uh, tap and sacrifice Wedding Invitation. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. If it's a vampire, it also gains lifelink until end of turn. Uh, the reason I have this one on the list is, um, well, it's sac- you know, it replaces itself, so it's a cantrip. Uh, artifacts, sac, recursion themes, love it. Um, I have it in a lot of just uh, those decks to sort of, once again, be that cantrip effect and get a enter the battlefield and then leave the battlefield effect. Uh, it always gets a creature through, and if you have a vampire, it uh, heals a lot. I've had a lot of vampires hit. Um, most of those vampires are changelings, however. Um, I do have a couple of uh, Simic changeling decks that run around um, Gladewalker Ritual. I have one that runs around Gladewalker Ritualist, which is a, a three-drop that draws cards whenever another creature named Gladewalker Ritualist enters the battlefield. So, yeah. Yeah, so I have it in there. Um, right. I also have it in a bunch of decks that sort of change creatures into other types. So oftentimes this gets through my Voltron commander the one time it needs to get through, or yeah. it um, lets me hit when I need an attack trigger. Um, I just find that uh, since it replaces itself, uh, I oftentimes will play a lot of two mana, just like draw a card, do something else. And so... This card just fits really well into a lot of the strategies I pull off. So, yeah. I uh, I look at this. I I what I like about it. I think I I really do appreciate this card and like and why I can see why you would play it and why I probably should be played in some more decks. And I'm probably guilty of not running it too. Um, that the that ability to get it to come to get it and you, to get an attacker through is really really important. And the fact that you can you don't have to spend mana. To activate it is really, really what's key here. Because like a rogue's passage or a tunnel access tunnel or something like that is going to cost you some mana, and you mm-hmm. may not want to spend your mana on that. You can just, you know, when it's time to go, you tap it, sack it, do the thing, and you're you're going to get your thing through, which is super duper awesome. Um, and then you can do all sorts of loopy things with like scrap trawlers and whatever else. So. I think this is pretty great. Uh, it's a little low-key budgety thing that uh, I like, and uh, probably uh, am guilty of not sort of respecting this sort of effect more often than not. So, to play devil's advocate, I would never play this card. I think it's garbage, uh, mm-hmm. just because of the fact mm-hmm. that if I was going to do something to make something unblockable, I would play in uh, like a, a global effect in blue. If I was in Simic. Uh, there's uh, the one blue creature, Merfolk, that gives everything unblockable if it's blue. Uh, I'd also play Key to the City instead, just strictly straight up because of the fact that you can repeat this effect, where the two two mana rock here, in this case, it's not a rock, but the two mana stone, I guess. Uh, it, it, it's like almost a one-time deal unless you can recur it or something, or you're just trying to win the game on the spot. Uh, that's just my opinion. Again, I just don't see the value unless... You're doing something like kind of out of the box, so that's just me. Uh, take it as you will. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely get that. Uh, I often get the lifelink off of this thing. That's more what I'm looking at it for. Is I play a lot of decks that don't have a lot of life gain in them, uh, and so just having something that gets something through, and also, like I said, changelings. Uh, those yeah. changelings get big sometimes when I've got. Uh, some effects that uh, sort of change that. I think uh, 
Banner of Command? No, that's probably not the name of it. It's like the the AOE sort of thing that's like for every creature of that same type you have, every other creature gets that big. Um, I have that in that Changeling deck. And so sometimes I just hit someone with an unblockable 15-15, heal myself up, and it's a 30-point life swing. And there's probably other cards that do that same thing in green and blue. Um, this is just sort of like the budget card that I have access to. So yeah, it makes I get sense. the point. Yeah. How much life do you think you gain on average, though? Like, would it be five? Like, what's the oh, threshold? Like five, or, like five or something. Um, sure. This is often, I find that, like, with cards like Rogue's Passage, I don't know if this is the thing that you feel as well, is oftentimes I use Rogue's Passage maybe once in a game. I never I use don't it. Find, yeah, I don't find actually, that I've, it, actually, I've actually gone to cutting it, so because I don't yeah. want to spend the, the four mana to activate it. Mm-hmm. So, so like, uh, this is. This yeah. doesn't make man. This doesn't make me spend mana for it, and mm-hmm. I like that part. And so, that I'm like I would actually might be more inclined if I put you know Dagatar on the battlefield and put a bunch of plus one plus one counters on it, and I want to get punch him through because you know it's oftentimes since Dagatar, I'm just putting thinking Dagatar on the top of my head because that's you know where I probably have the biggest problems in terms of fighting my way through a board state because. Most of my my plus one plus one counter deck is all on the ground, so this would be great. Doesn't cost me mana, draws me a card, does lots of things I wanted to do, and if I want it back, I probably got a way that I can recur it. So pretty down, pretty down for it. And uh, so I get it, Pete. I understand it's pretty low impact. The, these I mean, sorts you, of you, flex slots, right? These sorts of things. It's it depends on what you're trying to do, right? Like mm-hmm. all the decks I care about going to combat with, I usually have a i would say a better option for that particular deck but if it works mm-hmm. for you it works for you you know what i mean i'm not yeah. going to say don't play the card mm-hmm. uh i just say in my personal opinion and i'm only one of many that mm-hmm. the card is is is, is trash <laughs> yeah so, okay well, that's one in one 50 percent still you know there you go. it's a path coin. somewhere uh what is this card <laughs> <laughs> so this is wondrous. This new okay. So this is uh, a card from Brothers War. It is uh, wondrous crucible. Um, I run this in exactly one deck, uh, but I'll go over what it does first. Um, so it is a seven mana artifact. I just realized I've given all colorless. It's just all artifacts. Um, this is seven generic mana uh, for an artifact that says permanents you control have ward two. At the beginning of your end step, mill two cards. Then exile a non-land card at random from your graveyard. Copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Mm. This card Ooh. has won me many a game. Uh, I have it, like I said, in one deck. It is my Prismatic Piper uh, mono green deck. So it's just Prismatic Piper as the commander. Um <laughs> It is uh, an amazing deck that honestly has a very high win percentage. Um, I think I've played a total of 10 games with it, and I think I've won six out of those 10 so far. So 60% is pretty good for a commander thing. Um, So it is expensive. Um, I am running mono green, though, so a lot of the deck is built around... uh, sort of ramping. Um, it protects every permanent, so even itself, so everything is Ward 2. And it's just free value. I've found that oftentimes people don't want to spend the extra mana and once Whoa. it gets and once it gets off like one or two end steps, like it's already paid for itself. Um, sometimes it's just to cultivate. Uh, it sometimes hits something like not so great sometimes, but usually uh, 
the other night, I actually had um, Azurid predationed pr- prior in the game, swung on uh, Fuji, actually, who ink-shielded my Azurid's predation attack. Ooh. I, he made uh, 80 inklings, and <laughs> then I proceeded to uh, Wondrous Crucible into the Azuri's predation with a token doubler on the board, and I uh, got about... There, there were a lot. Uh, there were a lot of 4-4s. Four um, and then I, I won that game off of that. So wow. this card is incredible. The success does vary, but oftentimes I find that uh, the card you're hitting is either you're ramping a couple of lands or you're hitting something nuts and suddenly you have a token version of a creature that took everybody two turns to remove. Um, but like wow. I said, it is quite expensive. So like the first like initial payment is is a bit, but it happens at end step. So you get it the first turn you play it. So Yeah. Oh, yes, that's true. This slaps. I'm in. I'm sold. I didn't even know this card existed. I like this. I'm putting this in Megatron. There's nothing anybody can do about it. I'm going to make Megatron have Ward 2, and then I'm going to, when I'm done flinging giant things at my opponents, I'm going to get it back, and I'm going to mm-hmm. giggle hysterically. Mm-hmm. So, I saw this card once, when the pre-con came out, the Mishra's pre-con, uh, with Brothers War, people were playing this card, and I'm like, huh. Okay. Then I never saw it again, right? After people got their kick and their fix of that uh, Commander Precon set. Then it just disappeared from the face of the Earth. But I'm glad that you're playing it. Uh, uh-huh. Again, I think because of how the game is moving, if you can get this out on turn 5, you're golden. Uh, depending on who we're playing with, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's applicability in several different strategies. Like if you're milling yourself for value or you're playing a deck that doesn't really recur things, so it doesn't really care. Um, if you're able to somehow double the end step trigger, I'm not sure if that's possible, but that would be cool. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. If you could make, like, like if you played um, mechanized production on this thing, that would be really interesting, uh, because everything that becomes Ward 4 and then Ward 6, and then it just stacks. Yeah, let um, me write that down. For let me write that down. That's a that's a combo welcome. I need to play. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. then yeah. you know you have ten copies of it. You win the game. Everything it has Ward ten. If they have a massive board wipe, you just play a memory lapse, and mm-hmm. then you just sit there for another turn or two. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's just where my brain goes. I always go to like, okay, like how do I just snap this thing in half? Uh, I think it's Archer bag. So I think <laughs> I think it's fun. I think it's definitely worth. Um, it's definitely worth trying at least once or twice, especially if you're playing like a weird deck that, like a five color deck that needs some sort of cheat, like cheating things out, or even cool. like playing Xenagos with this would be kind of funny too. Like, like putting Ooh. it in Xenagos, making it a Ooh. creature. I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm I'm just getting ahead of myself. Uh, and it's forty cents. Like that's pretty exactly. spicy. Like it's yeah. pretty. Like if you want to go try it out, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's just going to go. You know. You, I mean, your, your local store may not have it because no one's right. playing this, but no. <laughs> that's not because that's, that's not it's a it's priced out of your price range. You can, nah. mm-hmm. So that's pretty, I, I think that's, uh, this slaps. I'm in. You I'm can in. get the full bordered version for 37 American cents. So, yeah. Well, in, 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 Canadian, in Canadian pesos, that's going to be <laughs> literally like more than, more than three cups of coffee, I'm sure. So, oh, anyway, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Thirty well, cents a, in in the U.S. My, I'll, pay, I'll buy it for you, and I'll just send it to you. How about that? You can save mm-hmm. some money. 
I'm down, down, my friend. I'm down. I'm give me down, a my give friend. me a list. Give me a list. You oh. two winner. Give me a list of cards you need. I can find them for you. In the DCG. great old American states. CCG Direct, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. What's the last one you brought tonight? There's one more card on this list. Oh, that I like. sure. If you want to do that, sure. Uh, this Boys. is uh, yeah, Thaumatic Compass. Um, this is another artifact. Um, it's a oh, two God. generic artifact. Uh, for three and tap it, you can search your library for a basic land card and reveal it and put it into your hand and then shuffle your library. And at the beginning of your end step, if you control seven or more lands, you transform Thaumatic Compass into the Spires of Araska, uh, which taps for a single colorless, or you can tap it to untap target attacking creature and opponent controls and remove it from combat. Uh, yep. So it's a maze of it on the back. I'm in. Um, I'm in. I'm yeah. <laughs> I, I run this in... Yeah, I run this in a lot of different styles of decks. I run it in decks that um, sort of just need that extra, like, couple of turns to get going. So they hit seven lands, and suddenly that was all the ramping they did, and they don't have any blockers, and I'm getting hit by eight eights that someone else has dropped on turn five or six mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, I also have it in decks that just hit seven lands consistently. So, like, my Simic piles often need this as, like, another Maze of Eth. I don't own a Maze of Eth. So I just run this instead because it does the same thing and taps for mana. Um, I don't often use the actual tap ability to get lands. I find that that is something that's, like, a big sink. And if I'm doing yeah. that, I'm a little bit behind in the game. But it's there just in case. I have it in some of my... Uh, Boros piles or things like that, where I kind of can't gain access to lands as as uh, as well as a, a green deck can. So uh, sometimes it's just there and it gets me uh, to be on par. Or like I've won a couple of games since I've hit a land drop off of this. So like um, I think it's just a neat little card. I uh, you look, yeah, you I'll look, go first look, this time. You look dubious. You look dubious <laughs> about this one. So. All right, thematic compass. Uh, I would replace this with like a treasure map nine times out of ten, but that's just me and the way that I look at two mana rocks. I look at this as a oh. like five five costing two mana rock. Um, but then when it flips, of course, it, it's going to create value in the later game. At that point, I'd, I'd want to try to win the game instead of stall uh, my opponent because they might be able to outvalue me with attackers. But that's just me. That's the way I operate. I'm not going to be pessimistic, though, because I definitely think there's applicability for shuffling your deck in, in color combinations that need that sort of deck movement. And I also think uh, cards that need the ramp that don't have access, or you're, you're not going to play a $50 card, obviously, because the three of us here, majority of us play $5 or less cards, um, oh, nine times mm -hmm. out of ten. So I, was, I would say I wouldn't play it just because I don't think... And I, I feel like I've just rejected like every card this this round, and I apologize. But that's I'm okay. Just, I'm just being brutally honest about the mm -hmm. rate of how fast you can get the lands out. Like I've cut this for the um the collector's vault. I think that's better. excuse me better <laughs> because collector's vault is two mana draw a card, discard a card, make a treasure. So you're moving your deck and you're ramping. So you only really pay one mana to draw a card, discard a card, and make a treasure. Mm -hmm. I know Bruce doesn't like the card, but uh, it's fine. I I, uh, I forgive you. Go ahead, Bruce. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's not that I don't like the card. The collector's vault is fine. Um, mm -hmm. I think I think this is I think this is sort of exactly what I want to do. Um, 
again, big green stompy things and monsters, and it's what I want to do. And so the fact of the matter is, this is right up my alley, and I, I'm a big fan. So you're, I think I agree with Winter when he says that you don't really want to be using it to go find lands, but if you can hit seven lands because you ramp real hard and you can flip this incidentally, I'm in. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. So this is awesome. Pete can get lost. Pete doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, the guys north of the border win this one. So yeah, go yeah. for the good guys. Yeah. I, would, I would say to, to Pete's point that this card is not a card I'm putting in and saying it is ramp. I never no. I, like when I put this yeah, card you, in, I'm putting it in as like a explicitly. yeah, explicitly yeah. for the for the flip, which yeah, makes yeah. sense. I mean, mm. yeah, I I'm not arguing the fact that it's applicable. I just I, I'm skeptical. That's better better stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't say that even. I would just say there's things I would play and things I would not play. Gotcha. <laughs> but that's okay. just me being, you know, narrow-minded. I guess I need to different, explain. different, different <laughs> players have different styles. That's all we need to say. Very true. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, speaking of styles, uh, let's get to the the what I really want to talk about the meat, the meat and the potatoes of it, which is uh, your philosophy and also just, I guess first, how did you get into the game? Uh, okay. You know, how long have you played the game for and? What were some defining moments of your sort of uh, growth as a player the last maybe the last few years or since you mm-hmm. got into it? Um, and then what are you looking forward to uh, these next few months with the game? And just mm-hmm. what is your overall sort of take on Commander as a format now? Okay, so lots of stuff. Um, oh, I yes. guess to start off with, I began Magic uh, through uh, my younger brother who uh, started playing with uh, his friends. Uh, and I got into it because he was like, I have this cool new game. Let's try it out. And uh, he was like, I have a zombie deck. And he passed me a pile of cards and he said, make something out of it. Um, we had barely any idea what the rules were. Um, <laughs> I There's a three drop from uh, one of the Egyptians that I can't remember. I'm on Ket. Um, it's like a it's like a three mana five five zombie that like whenever an opponent casts a spell it gets a minus one minus one counter and whenever it hits diagraph mob right uh diagraph mob is, I don't believe no. it's that one but no. anyways the no. card is the card is like a three mana five five that's really bad if you're in the right, right deck and that card was destructive I played too much value and so it's been a long journey for me to uh, come full circle and still be that value-oriented person that gets stomped by a big creature. Um, <laughs> but I started playing around the Amon Ket era sort of thing. Um, that's sort of when... Uh, yeah, and then a few sets after that, Magic Arena, I think, came out, and I started playing through that a little bit more. Um, so I'm, like, fairly new to the game, but not, like, new-new. Um, I... I guess my personal deck philosophy is just, and just for the game, is sort of just um, a deck should do its thing, and I don't uh, need to win or lose. So the cards, Amit Eternal. It's a five-five for three with a flick three, and uh, does yep. too many things. Sorry, yeah, my, yeah. My, my, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. So no, 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 anyway. no, no. Thank you, thank you for filling in that information. That's definitely something uh, I've been working on trying to like remember things, but uh, that's not my brain works. A lot of my classmates are also uh, they find that as well. So they're my they're my filling in information, and I just chat. Um, but yeah, I just think a deck should do its thing, uh, win or lose. I am not a person that plays. Even though I've talked a lot about win rate tonight, um, 
I don't often, uh, those decks are like outliers. I do not win a lot of my games, but it's not the focus of what I'm trying to do in a game, nor do I think like really that's what magic is about. Um, I'm trying to, you know, sit down, chat. If people are playing crazy decks and they want to win the game, then I'm like, okay, as long as, as long as I draw, like I, I'm a, I'm a draw my entire deck player. Uh, I'm, I am uh, a Thoracle player, so I'm sorry to say, uh, but I'm not a combo Thoracle player. Oh, uh, I, okay. I put Thoracle in my decks because people have told me I need to win somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> when my decks actually work well, I can at least put an end to the game. It's a mercy thing. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, uh, God. But, yeah. Uh, because I'm a Civic player that will just be like, ooh, funny cards. Let's just keep me, drawing me draw, and drawing. Me draw yeah. 35 cards in a turn, and yeah. me can't do anything with 35 cards, right? Is yeah. That sort of how it goes? Yep. You know, it's like draw your entire deck, and then I go like, okay, I couldn't do anything. I'll draw the last card in my deck, which is the zero cards in my deck, and I'll lose the game. Um, and that'll be me, and I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's sort of the, the thing at heart is I just, I like seeing my deck do its thing and i like seeing all of my deck do its thing so i often <laughs> like to draw the entire deck to see all of it so um you're like the, you're like the thrasios player that's like lurking around i have not played thrasios before that is the thing oh, that my yeah it's just it's not i'm not so i have the mini version of thrasio i guess that's gretchen, gretchen, gretchen yeah. it, but yep. i don't i don't run gretchen i have um uh zimone uh yeah. So Zimone, the two, yeah, not Zimone and Dina, it's just the two drop, because it's my Simic modular deck. So I have six different 25-card piles that I then slot into a pre-made, like, collection 50-card deck. And so I uh, swap them in and out. It's like, I think it's 51 cards, and then 52 with the commander, and then there's uh, 24 cards in each of the piles. And so I have six uh, piles, and I roll dice to decide which ones... I'm playing that day, and uh, yeah, cool. so, so it just makes oh its own God. deck every single time. It's really cool. It's really fun, um, well, and most cool. of it, yeah, it's all about like drawing cards, making land drops, things like that. I often run Howling Mines in my deck. Um, I'm a big fan of Collective Voyage. Um, pretty much, I like other people having fun in the game, and. I really want to just see people hit their land drops and draw enough cards to, so their decks do their thing because I like it when people bring cool stuff to the table and get to show off. So, huh. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have. I, I'm. I'm still stumped on this. Like you have six parts of a deck that you can interchange yeah. and still make functional. A, a pot like that's cool. I need, yeah. I need to clearly. I need to do this. This is the next <laughs> evolution of it's, deck building. It's a really interesting way um, to build a deck. Let me just, I'll post in the thing, and then if uh, y'all want it later for whatever, I can put all the decks I talk about um, in the actual uh, um, show notes or whatever if you want those so that so, people can look so at those. Pete, have you ever even contemplated having decks that are like you can take bits and pieces apart and, and move them around and like it's still a functional, cohesive deck? Like, this I would get like, stressed out because I feel like I'd lose cards. You know what I mean? I I'd like lose my, like cards I needed or something. I feel like my brain couldn't handle it. There's too much, too much 
too many options. I guess I'm like, if you have enough redundancy, then sure. Why not? I uh, guess. I mean, <laughs> huh. that was like a whole like new way of looking yeah. at building a deck. I'm like, so like on, on here, I have lamented before that I feel like there's some of the things that happens in Commander right these days is that there's um, seemingly like a select number of like almost like automatic staples that everybody runs. And right. meaning every time you have a staple like, oh, you have to play a Saw Ring. Oh, you have to play Arcane Signet. I hate Arcane Signet. But if you have to run Arcade Signet. And then on and on and on. It means that all these cool flex slots that we want to run these cool cards in just get absorbed and you never really get to have them for fun, janky cards. But mm -hmm. doing it this way where you build all, like, essentially components of, of multiple decks that you can mm -hmm. then slot together, you can, you have the flex slots and you can do fun stuff. And I think this is a sort of maybe addressing a need that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I believe, yeah, 37 lands. And then there's 14 cards that I've selected as my, these are always going to be in the deck. So there are things like a couple of like key removal pieces. I love arcane denial. So arcane denials in there beast within. That's probably one of those staples. That's like in every single green deck sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's not very problematic, right? In no, yeah. It's just good removal. Um, yeah. And then, like, I got Timeless Witness in here, uh, a couple of other... It's mostly, like, the key portion of the removal for this deck is in here. And then I've left kind of, like, three or four flex slots in each of the 24-card piles right. um, that are sort of extra stuff. So I... I I wasn't expecting to talk about this deck as much, but it's really interesting, so I'll go into it. Um, so the six piles are uh, Big Hand and Big Draw. So that one's just like, all the cards like it when you draw stuff, or they make you have a big hand size. Um, Block Me If You Can is like a bunch of evasive creatures that uh, uh, they're like um, sort of Luderil core. Like Edric Sparmaster Tress style stuff. Things like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actually have Edric in here, but I should probably put him in here for that. Um, then there's excess mana. It's Simic. You're going to have excess mana. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of, like, big, like, sort of, like, uh, payoff things. There's Kefnet the Mindful, draw a card, put a land you control back into your hand for four mana, which is crazy. Spectral Sailor draws you a card for four mana. Um, this sort of portion is just for that. There's a landfall section, which is just generic green blue landfall um a large friend style that's sort of like all of these huge big creatures that like doubling mana and things like that there's a sphinx of the second sun in there um and then untap friends a lot of effects that like untap so uh there's staff of domination in there a couple of other things um and that's all just like to help out zimone sort of do some drops from there uh but all of the decks sort of all of the modules are made in a way that they all include a bit of another module in them so that when you combine them all, there are still portions of each sort of semi one that they'll work with the other one. So for instance, um, untap friends has astral dragon in it, which is like a six, it's like an eight mana four, four flying that makes tokens of non-creature permanence, except for their three, three dragons. Um, that's like a big creature. And so it goes just, but it's in the untapped friends. Cause often I make enough mana to do it. And I like to copy the untapping effects, uh, that I have in there, like rings of bright hearth or 
Uh, I have spawning grounds in here. It's like an eight mana enchant, yep. a land, create a five five. Um, mm-hmm. But I have a lot of like untapped permanent effects in there, so it often works out. So there's a lot of like intermingling of themes in here. Cool. That's um, really cool. Yeah, it, it is a so, love project. That's a super cool like way of doing it. Like, do it's, that for lots. Do that for lots of your color combinations, or do you just sort of is this Simic one sort of like a unique to thing to you? Because you sort of vibe child, with that. Right? Yeah, it's in that so, sense. It's like the sorry. It's like it's like Simic Transformers. Yeah, this is uh. So <laughs> put them all together. Yeah, it's yeah. like. Sort of like power. That's like more like power rangers. rangers, I feel like yeah, like the combination of the mech. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is so. This is the only (laughs) modular deck I have because it was a little bit of an undertaking to get it perfect and things like that. Um, And I sort of like, and it does take uh, this one. Honestly, I I can build a deck in a day. It's not a great deck in a day, but uh, this one took me like maybe two or three weeks of like mulling over. There were, at a point it was like twenty six cards per pile. It's like it was like working with like which amount of the pile needs to be there, how many cards need right. to be in each pile, and like what needs to be the staple stuff that sort of like holds the thing together. Because I have a, I have a cyclonic rift in here, but it's only in the excess mana pile because I found that. I didn't want to see Cyclonic Rift every single game I played with this deck. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a great card, but just doesn't need to be seen there. Um, counter spells in that excess mana. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, this excess mana pile seems very toxic compared to the other ones. Um, but <laughs> but that's just... Well, oh, Thrasios is actually in here. Yeah, it, this is a toxic pile. I should change around this pile. But um, <laughs> I just but, agree. Yeah, but I like... Agree. But, like, making it so that certain piles, like this XX Phantom one, maybe that's the one I play with a higher level uh, set of decks. Um, And so it sort of allows me to randomly choose, or it allows me to uh, sort of pick and choose the ones that uh, I want for that night. Because sometimes I want to play big creatures and small creatures together, because there's a couple of themes that... I uh, I, I, I think it's a really neat way of of conceptualizing a deck construction that, Mm -hmm. I mean... Yes, you could like if you wanted to, you could tailor each of the sort of modular parts for different power levels. So if you're playing guys with precons, you could pick two of the lower powered modules and and totally be cool. And if you mm-hmm. wanted to amp up a little bit, you play the Thrasios toxic pile of nonsense. And yeah. that's also like I think I think that's really an innovative way of coming to like coming at the problem of how do I make sure my deck tonight is not going to cause the table undue grief by being at a power level that doesn't match. So I think that's really quite innovative and I know it wasn't really what you wanted to talk about, but it's like I no. think this is like super 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 interesting way of, of approaching the problem. Pete, what do you think? Yeah. This is a practical way of approaching that problem because yeah, for sure. if you have four friends that do this a similar situation, then it's like it's almost like you're all at the same level because your oh. decks are tapered out, right? And like, uh, I know I've been in situations where it's the opposite problem as well, where your deck is just not at the level of the other three or the other two. We've all been there with each other and also with other people we've played with. So um, I've definitely been in that situation too. So I think, I think if if we if we as a collective unit, and that's asking a lot, but if we as like 
as like an EDH community was like, wow, this actually could work. And you have like a few deck boxes of your like sideboard, but it's the sideboard is really the power level sort of structure um, of how the how how intense the deck could go versus how like dialed back it could go. But that just comes with like okay, you know, out of ten decks, what are ten decks doing differently than my deck, right? So like every deck has a different level, and there's so many cards out there. That might be the other sort of problem is that oh. there's just so many ways that you could do this. Um, and if you look at it like like depending on what strategy you're playing, you could you could literally make piles where like it doesn't matter what pile you play, you're still going to be so consistent that like you're still going to crush people, <laughs> um, in a sense. Mm, yes, that that's is true. the other mm-hmm. sort of thing, I guess. But that I think it's definitely, it definitely a problem for sure. <laughs> I like it though. I think it's possible to do this with multiple decks. Like you could have an aggro Voltron deck where like you have Voltron deck that tries to win by like turn five, and then you have Voltron deck that plays like. Like World Slayer or something crazy, like like something that's like really expensive to equip, and Mech or, Titan, yeah, mm-hmm. Mech Titan, mm-hmm. yeah, like like you're 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 making a Mech Titan and you're trying to like crush people with that or what's a really bad equipment that that's expensive? I don't know. What about like Grappling Hook? Right, that's another example of an interesting sort of equipment, right? Or, sort of body and mind. <laughs> Celestial Mantle, right? That that's one of my favorite win cons mm-hmm. in a deck is when you double your life total, but. Mm-hmm. I, I think oh, this Manticore. is great. Manticore, yeah, we love Manticore. Oh, Manticore. Five uh, hip, hip, hypnotic siren, and then you just make that creature that's somebody else's creature. Your Voltron commander, you, you mm-hmm. take their. It's build a Voltron commander deck, right? Sea singer, we sea singer the thing with like that old <laughs> card from Fallen Empires that no one else knows but me and Fuji. So <laughs> imagine, imagine this is off topic, but imagine you played a Voltron deck, but it was really just take someone else's big threat and then you make it, you suit it up with all the scary things, but you're not actually playing any creatures. Mm-hmm. Like that would that would be kind of funny. I think I think you're a bad person when you do that because people get really annoyed when you play with their deck. Um, as someone what who. If you- what if you took like, their Lana War Elves, though, right? Like, you just took their Lana War Elves, you made it like a 15-15 double strike trample lifelink, and you just killed somebody with it. That would be You, you try that and see what people think of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take their Birds of Paradise, it's a yeah. wire, and you make I, it See, I'm of the mind that if someone if someone took my bop and then bopped me, I'd, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I would be like, good game, uh, yeah. in the, good game, I am, I have just seen something new. My horizon has been expanded. Look forward to when I hit you back with it next time. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's that's the approach. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty. I, I have to say this 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 uh, simic approach. I really like this. This is super cool. Um, I am a fan. And then you can then you can apply it to the other kinds of guilds too. Like you can say yeah, like I, I'm I'm a Golgari dude pretty much. Like or a Rakdos dude when it comes to deck building. All my decks have some sort of chaotic element and some sort of graveyard element recursion. In regards yeah, of like how I get things back. Right. I mean that's just how I run it. Um, but I think applying that mentality to your deck building will just make you a better deck builder. Uh, because you're you're not. You're not like pigeonholing yourself into like a like an archetype or a strategy. Pete, You're expanding your mind. Pete, Pete, Pete. Yeah, go ahead, Bruce. Revan unleash. <laughs> Revan unleash cards. I think I think you can do it, buddy. I, I probably you could. Me. You could do. You could do like hate flare. What's that other one? Um, Hell, uh, yeah, there's like hellhole flare, and there's like uh, exava, <laughs> and you can play like lactose uh, yeah, yeah. cackler, oh and you can play all these terrible cards. And yeah. then that would totally like so you could nerf your Grevin deck, 
<laughs> and then put all these bad creatures in it. And then if you mm. wanted to play mean, you could put all the good stuff back in it. I think it's he, fair. This is the future of Grevin. So Grevin does Grevin can come off the re- shelf of retirement and you can mm. like play it again. I did mm. play it today. I actually played oh. it today. I, I unretired it because we only had like 35 minutes before our recording today. Oh, so you just wanted to, <laughs> to, to just, just destroy somebody. I understand. I, I got mashed though. I was oh. at one life. I was at one life. Someone had a war storm surge out and I was just able to to get there somehow. Uh, whatever. It happens. He did you, magic. So we all know Pete now uses politicking from what we talked about two weeks ago. Mm. And no. politicked his way to... I didn't. I swung what? with I swung with my six five. Uh, uh, Fabro chose not to block. I played ad nauseum. Well, that's I went, silly. I went down to one, and he died. And then Fuji couldn't kill me, so I played. I played Grevin because he killed Grevin. And then I uh, I sacrificed an eight four to draw eight cards and lose four life. I was at one life, so it was a nine five, and I played Tainted Strike in response to blockers because he didn't have any blockers. Oh my it's stupid, <laughs> but You're a terrible person. He had two mana up. He had a blue mana up. I was like, "This doesn't resolve, right?" He goes, "Nah, it doesn't." And he said, "It does." And he had two green cards in his hand, and I'm like, "Wow!" Oh my goodness! <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, all right. Anyway, that's a pretty sweet. Magic topic. is so... magic is great. Uh, winner, thank you so much for coming on. I know our our conversation kind of took a mind of its own. That's just usually what happens. I am so glad to share any decks I have. Um, we can talk about Rex Nebula some other time. Just a tidbit. Give us a quick yeah. synopsis before we, uh, oh, before we sure, say sure. goodbye. Um, the deck I was going to talk about was Captain Rex Nebula. It's uh, a dice rolling deck. You turn uh, non-land permanents into vehicles, and then Captain Rex crews them, and uh, you can swing them, and uh, pretty much if you hit someone or deal any damage with those vehicles, they have a chance to crash. So you roll a dice, and depending <laughs> on the dice roll, they might crash. Um, that deck has oh, a lot God. of weird... Yeah, it, that's, it's got Axis of Mortality in it, Orbs of Warding. I have an Ugin's Nexus in there uh, with no way to sack it except for crashing it. Um, there's oh. nice Mathland Destruction. It's that's hilarious. the Fall of Thran. Uh, Gratuitous Violence is really funny because if you hit someone with Gratuitous Violence, it's just doubling itself, which is pretty funny, and it also uh, doubles the uh, effect of any damage creatures deal. So uh, if you crash land something, it doubles the hit, and then it also doubles the potential um, damage that it deals when you sacrifice it. Oh, that's what it does. When you crash land something, it deals damage to any that... target equal to the CMC. So we can talk oh, about that man. some other time. It's a crazy deck. I would recommend. I would recommend building tracks. Yeah, build Captain Rex <laughs> Nebula. Super cool card um, from the uh, the recent unset on Un- Infinity, I believe. Un- yeah. Un- yeah. Yeah, Infinity. So it was just a, a weird commander that I haven't seen a lot of. Um, and I thought this dude is just hilarious. So uh, yeah, just just something weird as well that isn't Simic. No, it's very not Simic. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for letting wow. me throw that in the there. The other thing too is when you play that deck, every time you played it with me, it's always just done hilarious things and I always have to like like I'm always flabbergasted. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Like you play a card, I'm like, I've never seen that card before. Or like you play this card and it does this thing and I'm like, did that just happen? Like it was one of those well, moments where you're just sitting well, there and you're yeah. like, I'm going, through, I'm, I'm going through the list right now and I'm like, I don't know what most of these things do. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is, like what is this stuff? 
Anyway, yeah, it, it is. Fun. Yeah, non-land permanent, so you can turn planeswalkers into vehicles and hit people with Ugin the Spirit Dragon. I've done that a couple of times. Pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. And then it's I funny it. Luminous Broodmoth recurs it too, which I find yeah. hilarious. Oh, that is so Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that is super cool. Well, we'll we'll have you on again to talk Rex Nebula in detail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That need that needs some more in-depth exploration. This is a uh, that rather than a quick cursory uh once over. Yeah. But this is yeah, super yeah, yeah. fun. So I was to thank you very much, Winter, for coming on and joining us today. And uh I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Pete, what do you want to say? I was going to say, Winter, what's, what are you looking forward to before we sign oh, off true. here? Yes. Oh, for Magic? Um, I'm really open to a lot of things. Marvel's got me a little bit iffy, but that's kind of because I'm not a Marvel fan. Sorry to Fair say enough. everybody in the comments. Um, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> uh, but I, I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm really happy to just be playing Magic with people. So I'm looking forward to just all the new cards. Murder It, Karlov Manor looks amazing. I agree. Um, I'm no a big spoilers. fan of Investigate, so uh, <laughs> I am not giving any spoilers. So uh, it's looking really great, and I'm looking forward to buying some of those cards. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on and and taking mm-hmm. the time. I know we're both, all three of us, are very busy mm-hmm. uh, currently with our lives, and uh, I'm sure one day you're going to teach a bunch of kids how to use Rex Nebula properly. So best of luck. Best I, of luck I with that. so hope to do that um, in my future career. Um, and I just thank you all for having me. It's been a, it's been a blast chatting about uh, funny cards I have. And use, so, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Take care uh, again. If you, uh, if you ever want to come back, let us know. And we are happy mm-hmm. to have you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right, audience. Th- thanks very much. Hope you enjoyed the show, uh, and we're and have fun wherever you next play magic, everybody. Thanks very much. Have a good night. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.